Welcome to No Comparison with your hosts, John and Sarah, a show where we pit two completely different things against each other, and our guest judge chooses a winner. Hey, Sarah. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going great. Season one, <laughs> as you know, is in the books for us. We, we wrapped it up. We did the whole thing. We sure did. And you know, you know, I'm a millennial. So obviously, I'm feeling nostalgia already for something that ended, you know, 15 minutes ago. But that's just the kind <laughs> of person that I am. I don't know about you. <laughs> I feel the same way. I miss it. It's good. We're taking a breather. And probably really good for the listener that we stopped doing that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you, I, I, I miss it. And we thought it would be fun to maybe relive part of the work that we did. And well, did we think it would be fun? Well, yeah, good point. No. <laughs> <laughs> Asked and answered, no. <laughs> we actually had a suggestion from a friend of the show slash guest judge, who shall remain nameless, that thought it might be fun for us to do a best of specifically about something that we did on the show called That's Poetic. For the folks that have, have taken any bite out of their life and dedicated it to listening to any of our episodes, <laughs> they'll know that we did some games each mm -hmm. time that were designed to help us decide which of our topics was better than the other. And one of those games was called That's Poetic. That's right. Yes. One of my favorites. Yeah. Sarah, why don't you let the listener know what That's Poetic's all about? <laughs> well, I just think, you know, the proof is in the name. The, it's, it's right there in the title. So, so That's Poetic was a game that we would play where John and I were allowed to create something, anything we wanted about our topic, as long as it was a creative endeavor. So I don't know why you do this since this is a vocal medium, but you could have done a painting. You could have done a poem, a song. Uh, you could have rewritten something in Old English. Not saying that didn't happen. So <laughs> anything, sky's the limit. And we definitely did some weird stuff, John. <laughs> yeah, I'm disappointed that you'd never once used the word art in that description. <laughs> it, uh, one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite judges of the season was, we have experienced some high art. <laughs> that is what That's Poetic really brings to the table. It really lifts us. <laughs> yeah, well... You know, I have a feeling none of these contributions are going to make it into the Smithsonian Institution <laughs> or the Louvre. You don't think this is a, an achievement for culture, like Back to the Future? I think they're going to catalog us. <laughs> well, that that makes one of us. But I'm glad you I'm glad you feel that way. That's fifty percent. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have pulled together the that's poetic um, examples from season one and want to share them with you. But before we do, just spur the moment, Sarah, what what was your favorite one? Which which one stood out to you for whatever reason? Oh my goodness. Um well on on second listen here, I think one of my favorites was definitely the Insinkio Backstreet Mave battle. I thought that was so fun. That was one that you did. And for me, this is a, a weird one because my favorite one is also the one I'm almost the most embarrassed to hear and like cringe is the pirate stand-up routine. So <laughs> one of those, you know, would, would be high up there. What about you? I like the pirate stand-up routine you did because it's so terrible <laughs> that I think, so it, bad. I think it makes you look bad. So I like that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, 
you singing the full house theme oh, as, no. as Bigfoot. <laughs> uh-huh. It's going to be hard for me to forget that. Yeah, I'm going to have to start putting that on resumes. Saying full house song as Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Maybe attach. <laughs> People a, need to know that. <laughs> attach an MP3 somehow, you know. Right. Burn yeah. it to a compact disc. and Make it a ringtone. Sweep <laughs> the nation. <laughs> well, that's a thing we could do. Well, we've got those and more in store for our listeners that choose to continue past this point. So (laughs) please enjoy these best ofs, that's poetic, from No Comparison Season 1. I'm going to spare everyone hearing me sing a song or try to play something on the guitar. Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, just like air travel, and I wrote a haiku. So here is a dramatic performance of my haiku. Air travel is king. On the winds we soar high above. Makes grilled cheese look small. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That, I believe, is going to make me the next poet laureate. I truly believe that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little aggressive, you know? You know, I believe this is a competition, and I think there's something there's something beautiful about the juxtaposition of the the sweetness and softness of the haiku, and the want to destroy you. <laughs> I would never stoop to such tactics. Well, what did you bring? Uh, I, I also did something in the poem family. I did a limerick. Oh. Yes. So, my limerick goes a little something like this: There once was a sandwich of cheese. That was destined only to please. A fine crust you can chew, holes fromage turned to goo, and even brings mighty planes to their knees. The end. It's a pretty cheesy limerick. John O'Taylor. <laughs> Imagine yourself in San Francisco in sort of a um, uh, smoky bar. You've got a jazz ensemble up front. And, uh, you know, it's an open mic night situation where it's time for some spoken word poetry, if you will. Lemons, sour baseballs without thread, mix into my dreams of yellow relief, aid to my senses. Stirred in, stirred up, stirring the soul, once found in a bucket of trouble. Sip smack go the crowds, swept away by the clouds, squeezed out for a pitch, er, a pitcher of ideas, the next pitch, the scratch paid for that itch, that itch of summer and citrus that gets us, lemon, aid and abetting, and I'm betting on you. Wow. Wow. Seriously, that was incredible. That was pretty good. (laughs) I consider myself an artist, and the spoken word is my canvas upon which I paint my dope rhymes. Oh, wow. If we weren't sure how old you are, we are now. Let's go back to talk about Cheryl Teagues and Kathleen Turner again. Dope rhymes. All right, Sarah. Let's hear what you got. All right. Mrs. Fancy Pants, 
Mrs. Silverspoon, let's hear your That's Poetic entry. All right, all right. Well, I'm going to do something a little different this week as well. I have decided to present the esteemed judge with a song. I'd like to give a little background on this song. I am going to be basing this song on the intro theme song to the classic show, Full House. Uh, You might remember Full House. It was an ABC show in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, that followed like a widowed father uh, raising his children on his own with the help of Uncle Jesse and his best friends and all these good things. Uh, it's set on the West Coast, which is where most Bigfoot sightings have happened. So I felt like that was important to kind of bring that West Coast energy to this song. And much like Bigfoot, the critics didn't believe in Full House, but then it became one of the most loved shows of all time. So, you know, people don't believe in Bigfoot, but he's become this enduring legend. So I really felt like this, this theme song was the perfect fit for him. The song is written from Bigfoot's perspective. I'm going to sing it in what I would consider the most likely tone of Bigfoot's voice. So without further ado. Wait, can I say something for a second? I'm so sorry. (laughs) You had so much momentum. Right now, given your introduction, there is nothing I'm looking forward to hear more than this. I'm legitimately very nervous about this. <laughs> whatever's, whatever's about to happen in the next 30 seconds or so is going to be awesome. So yeah, Thank please you. let her Thank rip. You. All right. In the words of Bigfoot, <clears throat> whatever happened to anonymity to walk in and hunting and just being free everywhere I look, everywhere I go, there's a guy with a camera or a cell phone everywhere I walk. Every time I hunt, there's a guy trying to prove that I exist now. When I'm out in the woods thinking I'm all alone, there's always someone with a microphone everywhere I look. That was phenomenal. (laughs) Wow. Just wow, Sarah. I'm impressed. I'm so delighted that was a part of my week. Excellent. I'm glad I could bring you a little bit of joy. (laughs) I'm glad Bigfoot could bring you a little bit of joy. I am ready to take it away for That's Poetic Boy Band Edition. Let me set the stage a little bit. You may be familiar with the legendary conflict of the 90s, which was the rivalry between the supergroups Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. This was something to behold. These two squads had no love lost. It was indeed Shakespearean in the level of conflict and drama taking place between those two bands. So in that spirit, my entry into That's Poetic is a dramatic work about the conflict and maybe reconciliation between the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC presented as a scene in a Shakespearean play. Love it. Sarah, I'd like your help with this. I know we don't normally do this, but because it's a scene Mm. with uh, two Mm -hmm. actors... I would feel odd to play both roles. So, Sarah, I will ask you to participate if you would. I suppose. Thank you. Very kind of you. So, let me set the stage. In this scene, we have two characters. Insinkio and Backstreet Knave. They are engaged in a quarrel consisting of lyrics from their songs, such as Tearing Up My Heart, I want it that way, bye, 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 and everybody, parentheses, backstreets, back. Using just those lyrics, Sarah and I, the podcast players, if you will, will be reading an excerpt from the scene 
It is drama, Sarah. And you have a flair for the dramatic. Shall we proceed? Please, I've just provided you with the script. And Cinquio takes it away at the beginning, expressing disdain and sorrow for the relationship with Backstreet Knave. Sarah? Here we are. Tis tearing up mine own heart, at which hour I'm with thee, but at which hour we are to part, I feeleth it too. For anyone that doesn't know, that was a lyric from Tearing Up My Heart by NSYNC. <laughs> Again, imagine I'm coming on stage as Backstreet Knave. Bid me wherefore is nothing but a heartache. Insinkio, your line? I'm doing this tonight. Thou art gonna starteth a fight. Tell me wherefore is nothing but a mistake. I doth do, no, do not want to beast a fooleth for thee. What? Did you write this? <laughs> All right. <laughs> if anyone out there doesn't follow what's going on in this train wreck, basically, I've translated these lyrics from their original artistic form into Shakespearean English. So Sarah was supposed to say, I doth not want to beast a fooleth for thee. Ah. Translation, I see. don't want to be a fool for you. From Bye Got Bye it. Bye by Sync. Excuse me. Yes, excuse me. I will lead you in with my line. Tell me wherefore is nothing but a mistake. I doth do not want to beast a fooleth for thee. Now this is where Backstreet Knave is desperately trying to save things in the relationship. <laughs> Throweth thine hands up in the air. Waft them round like thee just careth not. <laughs> Hold it together, Sarah. We're almost there. It's Sorry. almost over. Uh, my Udahagen training is not coming through. <laughs> it is not no lie. Baby, farewell. 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 <laughs> Backstreet knave in a last denial that things are over. Doesn't want to see it end this way. Rocketh thy course right, everybody. Backstreet's backeth. All is right. And seen. Oh. Bravo. 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 <laughs> Thank you for participating in being game to do that, Sarah. I'm sorry that it's going on the record and that you're part of it. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Uh, I am part of a union, so I will be uh, expecting my check in the mail very shortly. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, that means it's your turn, and that's poetic. Let us have it. All right, I'm going to do something a little different tonight. When I think of a shipwreck, something that comes to mind is one of my favorite things in the world, which is a pirate. So I thought, all right, a pirate can only pirate for so long. You know, we learned that from the Princess Bride, the Dread Pirate Roberts. You can only do that for so long. You get exhausted, right? You, you age out. So I tried to think, what would a pirate do after his years on the high seas? And I thought, well, obviously he'd become a washed up stand-up comedian mm -hmm. in a nightclub. So I'm bringing to you a pirate's very first attempt at stand-up, his very first tight five. Are you ready? Or should I say, are, are you ready? <laughs> I am so ready. Here we go. Arg, mateys. My, I'm going to go Irish by accident. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to keep it piratey. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Captain Morgan, and I'm here to entertain you with my sea shanties. Are you ready? Yeah. Yo ho, yo ho, a shipwreck riddle for thee. Where do you take a sick boat? To the dock. Ha ha. Yo oh, ho, gosh. yo ho, a shipwreck riddle for thee. Which type of vegetable is banned on ships? 
leaks. <laughs> yo ho, yo ho, a shipwreck riddle for thee. What do you call a boat full of buddies? A friendship. Yo ho, yo ho, a shipwreck riddle for thee. You listened, you cringed, you laughed, you booed. Podcasting me, hearties, yo ho. You play all these odd games and don't give a hoot. Podcasting me, hearties, yeah. yo ho. Yo ho, yo ho, a shipwreck riddle for thee. Thank yes. you, good night. Yes. My hero. Sarah is my hero. Uh, this is one of my favorite events. And as such, I wanted to really go over the top for this one because tearaway pants are an over-the-top garment. Um, so, John, I believe you have some music queued up for me. Could you, uh, could you go ahead and hit play on that? All right, this funky beat's going to set the scene for us. So when I think of tearaway pants, I think of Magic Mike, as I've already brought up, or 30 for 30, The Last Dance. And you might be thinking, what in the world does a movie about strippers and a documentary about the NBA have in common? Well, they're love stories of a sort, obviously. So in honor of this connection, I decided to write a few dating app profiles as if I were tearaway pants. So I'm going to be sharing three different dating app profiles for you uh, tonight. to, to pick a pick a lovely winner, pick your date. Are we ready? Yep. Number one. Seeking someone with a snappy sense of humor for world travel and romance. I'm an athletic guy who enjoys freestyling and casual hangs, who isn't afraid to tear away the exterior to get to know <laughs> someone's heart. Nerds need not apply. Number two. I'm a sporty gal seeking my other half. Must be stylish and trendy and enjoy 90s nostalgia. Must be willing to break away from the norm and enjoy spontaneous <laughs> adventures. Affinity for basketball, a plus. <laughs> and bachelor number three. Athletic, lean man in his 30s seeks fashionable lady for a hip hop duo stardom. Experience not necessary, but style and commitment to rhyming, a must. <laughs> There you go. Who's going to be the lucky, uh, the lucky winner of that tearaway pants as a dating app, ladies and gentlemen? Outstanding. <laughs> That's uh, that was surprising and delightful. I had to go out of the box for this one. You know, tearaway pants deserve something special. <laughs> and it got it. Chapin, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Is this interactive, Sarah? Do you want him to pick? No, no, no. I mean, whatever the judge feels, you know, okay. that's tearaway pants are not about rules. <laughs> okay, Chapin, what is it that you feel? <laughs> oh, we were all just treated to very high art there. No question about it. Um, it was poetic. It was romantic. Uh, right? <laughs> really, if I could somehow tear away my pants right now, I would. Thank you. That's the highest compliment I could possibly receive. <laughs> the show just got weird. <laughs> Real weird. <laughs> well, John, I'm curious if you can top that uh, with TV game shows because I, I really brought it. I'm not going to lie. You did. You did. That's a tough one to follow. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. Let me create a little background for you on this. There's a very famous TV game show producer, Mark Goodson. He produced more than 40 shows, including Family Feud, Price is Right, Password, Match Game, Card Sharks, and Concentration, and of course, many more. 
Mr. Goodson was just killing it from the 50s through the 70s. Uh, ultimately, he passed in 1992, I'm sad to say. So in his honor, I'd like to imagine a loving poem by Mark Goodson about game shows using the material he knows best, game show titles. An Ode to the Game, performed by Mark Goodson. <clears throat> the shimmering glow of the TV I saw would be my fate, win, lose, or draw. Could I, should I produce shows, do I dare? I am the one who wants to be a millionaire. The muse asks this contestant, what is there to prove? And I say, to tell the truth, it's your move. So inspired by love to audiences, I appeal. I spun the wheel of fortune and said, let's make a deal. Guess prices, get clues, be a hero on air, and maybe with concentration, become a Hollywood square. I made show after show, but never one called Herabid. There are no rhymes for $10,000 pyramid. The weakest link I was not. The hosts had no shame when causing divorces with the newlywed game. From naming that tune to playing a ballroom dancer, I love them all. And that's my final answer. Oh, I've never heard the Cookie Monster read a poem before. That was amazing. <laughs> Sarah, let's hear your entry into That's Poetic about Jacques Cousteau. For this round of That's Poetic, I am going to be presenting as an homage to Mr. Cousteau's uh, award-winning documentary films. I'm going to be presenting a documentary narration of Jacques Cousteau's typical morning, a la David Attenborough. So I will be <laughs> doing my best British accent for this. Don't be confused, it's still me. <laughs> Are we ready? We're gonna go on a journey. Absolutely ready. Everyone ready for a documentary, nature documentary style? Ready. <clears throat> we see Jacques open his eyes, admire his surroundings. He feels safe here, snugly tucked into his captain's quarters above the Calypso research vessel. After popping on his wool-knit cap for both warmth and fashion, he steps into the wild of the decks. He observes the other mammals in the galley. Perhaps he'll enjoy a spot of breakfast. But as he reaches for the bread, disaster strikes. Another competing <laughs> male has snatched the last of the toast. Their eyes meet and a stare down ensues. Whoever breaks eye contact first will surely be the loser in this battle for sustenance and supremacy. Uh oh. Just as the tension builds to a breaking point, the competing male drops his gaze and the toast is surrendered to Jacques. Cousteau preens and flaunts as he settles in amiably at the table, a crisis well and goodly averted. Thank you. <laughs> nice job. That was also well and goodly. <laughs> <laughs> I will attempt to follow that. This is going to be kind of right down the middle of That's Poetic, right in the middle of the That's Poetic lane. And that's, I'm going to do a poem. The title of this poem is Lost and Found, parentheses, in the ball pit. Oh. This is an ode by someone from who Chuck E. Cheese's has taken much 
but also given everything in return. So, lost and found, parentheses, in the ball pit. Can I just say when I think of ball pits, I think of like free-floating band-aids. Hush, hush, All right, all right. Hush. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to get into the poetic zone. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <clears throat> Tempted by the sounds and the scents of pizza and tokens and dude-sized rodents, I enter a zone run by Charles E. Cheese, in whose contraptions I lose a bit more than my keys. At skee-ball, soon after my tenth losing roll, my pride slipped away down the return hole. In the sky tubes I climbed a plastic tunnel in space. My soul squeezed out in that tight crawly place. In whack-a-mole I whacked, hammer flying with zest, while my heart was stolen by that subterranean pest. To the prize counter I trudged, hoping one's dreams could be bought. But for this, tickets meant nothing, so I had one final shot. In the ball pit at last. Find my true love and more, yes I did. Reclaimed all in the place where a kid can be a kid. All right. Oof. That was emotional for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, it you look to... exhausted now. That was that took a lot out of you. It's it was moving, at least for the the performer. So I hope it was for the audience as well. I've, I've never heard "whack" be like rhymed in a poem before. <laughs> you need to read more poems, Sarah. Obviously. <laughs> Get cultured, okay? It's called culture. Get some. Thanks for listening to No Comparison. No Comparison is produced by John Taylor and Sarah Baggett, and our music is by Kevin McLeod. You can reach us at nocomparisonpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. 